And welcome back to Beer and Football, and Happy New Year to all of our loyal, loyal listeners out there. Um, it took us a while to get um, this episode out. We um, found it kind of difficult to, to get together over the holiday period um, with family and, and COVID and just the amount of games we all had to watch. It was, it was a lot to deal with, a lot to schedule, but we are here bringing you the content that you know, you know, you love. So we are here. The Thruple are back in 2021. Um, Jeff, how are we doing in 2021? Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to you guys. Um, you know, honestly, you, you could throw out any excuse you want as to why we didn't uh, get our next episode out, but it all comes down to content and the amount of questions that we received on Twitter. We just, we <laughs> couldn't, we couldn't do enough to, to get it out. So we, we had to wait and really research and, and get back to these questions in a, in a very educated way. So that's the real reason why we, we haven't been able to pod, but otherwise new year was boring. Not going to lie. <laughs> getting, not getting together was not the same as hopping on a zoom call. Um, but it was better than going to bed at nine PM like normal. Joe, how's, uh, how you doing? How was, how was holidays and how's school going? Holidays were good. Um, you know, kept it small with family and, you know, it's becoming the new normal of just getting together with the immediate family and hanging out and then getting on Zoom calls and, and doing that. But, uh, you know, all is okay. Uh, school is, you know, getting back into the swing of things. We're into week two after the new year and um, just keep trucking along, doing the same thing on Zooms all day. But, you know, zoom, zoom, right. zoom. Yep. Everything's all right. Mike, New Year, good for you? New Year's was good. Um, yeah, New Year's is going well so far. Uh, I had two weeks off at the end of the year, and it was really tough going back to work. Um, I think I'm the one of the throuple that goes into work, so that was a rough transition going into work. I did not enjoy that. I actually took a day off two days in just so I could stay home and recoup a little bit. But I know things are good. 2021 is uh, going well so far, and hopefully it continues going well <clears throat> into the, the the second half, you know. And um, yeah, we'll have to do like a separate mailbag episode for all the questions and, and comments that we got. <laughs> off, off. It's crazy, isn't it? Yep. We've been asking for and they delivered, quote unquote. <laughs> um, so there was actually a lot to, to kind of recap um, each Liverpool and Arsenal had four games, three in the Premier League and one FA Cup fixture that got thrown in the mix as well. Again, just content left and right. Um, I'm going to start off jumping right into this year with uh, with my beer choice. Um, it is Bell's Official. It's called Official. It's a hazy IPA, one of my faves. I, I think I've had it a couple times on the podcast, but uh, I just... I, picked it up over the break and I just really was feeling it. And it's a, it's a good way to start the year. Um, and it's a good way to kind of explain or kind of describe what's going on. It is officially a new year. Arsenal are officially better than Liverpool in 2021. We are undefeated. Liverpool have not won a game in the top flight this year yet. So uh, take that, Jeff. <laughs> um, we officially are moving on to the next round of the FA Cup. We are officially not in a relegation battle anymore. I mean, you can take your pick, whichever one works best for you, but uh, it's officially a new year and it's uh, starting pretty well. Um, so that's my beer choice, Bell's Official. It's uh, a very good hazy IPA. If you are interested in those, I'd highly recommend that choice. So we are going to kind of jump into the, the results in the past few weeks. We'll start with Arsenal and then we'll jump into Liverpool after that. We're not going to talk too much about each game by game, but we're, overall form is kind of what we're going to focus on uh, this week. Arsenal had, um, see if we can do this in order, Chelsea, Brighton, and West Brom, and then they played Newcastle in the Cup. Um, three for three in the Premier League, and then they advanced uh, past Newcastle thanks to an overtime win and goal from um, ML Smith-Rowe, who is just outstanding at this point. Um so we've got a bit of an insurgence from our young gunners in the past few weeks, which is very pleasant to see on our end, Joe. Uh, what are your thoughts on those string of results that we are like desperately needing that, to be honest, 
I definitely didn't think we were going to get. I didn't even think we were going to get past Brighton, let alone Chelsea. And I know we were uh, coming into the Chelsea game trying to find one positive, like one good thing to talk about out of that game. We thought we were going to get slaughtered. But it came out of a a 3-1 win and and goals from Shaka, Lacazette. I mean, it was a crazy little game, and it's been a crazy little run of results. So, Joe, what do you think are – what are your thoughts on our form and everything going on? Yeah, I think it's – Adding that youth energy has really changed the way that Arsenal have been playing. Um, the like Smith Rowe and Saka and you know Martinelli and that that really sucked that he got hurt for that FA Cup game. Um, you know he just the kid can't catch a break, and uh, hopefully he can take this time. And I think he's back in training now and and just get back because he's such a uh, important piece for us. He offers something so much different than um, what we've had out there. And but Smith Rowe, he's just offers such a fresh energy that um, you know Lacazette has thrived off of. You know, it's allowed Jaka and you know El Nene to kind of have another outlet that they haven't had in the past. And you know, Smith Rowe is is bringing the midfield to the forwards and we haven't had that piece um, that number 10 in quotes piece to kind of be that link. Um, And it's exciting to see him kind of thrive. And, you know, when he wasn't, when we didn't have Saka playing and we didn't have Smith Rowe playing against Newcastle in the FA cup, you could see the drop in energy and the drop in, all these different things that these kids are bringing. And when they did come on, the game changed. And, you know, that second half of extra time against Newcastle is what was happening against Chelsea and against Brighton and against West Brom. Like that West Brom game was something that, you know, we haven't seen from Arsenal in forever, you know, ball, like short one, two passes with movement and getting in behind. And, you know, that, that goal um, against West Brom was just something that the un, the uh, Invincibles did. You know, they're just constant passing and getting behind and you're just walking the ball in the goal uh, because the team, they can't, they don't know where you are. They don't know where you're going. And I don't think that's going to be goals that we score every time, but the energy that these kids bring is something that we should definitely be continuing to push and um, encouraging because it's okay if those kids make mistakes and I'd rather those kids make mistakes than William when he makes his mistakes and those players that are not our future um, and they shouldn't be on the field making mistakes um, where I'd rather have Smith Rowe make a mistake or Saka make a mistake or Martinelli make a mistake and and just have them learn from it so as long as they keep playing, I think it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, um, 100% agree with that. I mean, the the injection of that youth and that the speed and just kind of like the competency in the middle of the park that that ML Smith Rowe brings is something that we haven't seen in a while. It's something we've been crying out for. It's, you know, people have been, you know, begging, like, why not bring Ozil back? But because he provides that link between the midfield and the front line and that's what Emerson throws doing it, and he does it with a lot of energy. He presses. He works on the on the defensive side of things, and he's bringing an element that we just haven't seen in a while. And that, like you mentioned, uh, the goals against West Brom, that second goal that Saka scores, that's like that's like Wenger ball. Like that's what we haven't seen since Wenger left. It was all that one touch passing and kind of a really pretty goal that kind of makes you think back in a couple of years in terms of how we were playing, and it was really good to see. Um, and Josh, feel free to jump in on, on this conversation. I know it's about Arsenal, but you know, <laughs> Liverpool have that that youth in their squad too. I mean, like their outside backs are, you know, young guys with a lot of the the, the security and the experience in the middle. So I mean you guys you guys have done a similar thing in the past couple of years. So I mean feel free to chime in on any of this, but um, it's just good to see, you know, and Tierney has really, really shown how good of a player he is and how well he understands the game. I mean his his goal to open up the game against West Brown was fantastic. The sole effort and um, off foot, putting that ball in the back corner is really exciting to see. Um, and now that we kind of 
haven't had Aubameyang playing well. You know, we've got other kids stepping up and other players stepping up. And like you said, we it's good to see these young kids going in. I don't think we can rely on them. So we should be hopefully seeing some other players step up around them to kind of boost the team forward uh, and continue this run that we're on. Well, speaking yeah, of players stepping right. up, you, you got – you got an unsung hero on your team that really, in my opinion, has been flying under the radar in Lacazette, right? He started the season hot. For some reason, he got benched, comes back in and scores more goals. I mean, he's more than doubled Aubameyang's total at this point, and Lacazette brings that balance of, you talked about the youth, Mike, well, you got now Lacazette, who has a bit more experience. So that's from a Liverpool perspective. You can't just have youth, right? Otherwise, you just field your U23 players. You have to have that balance. And between your young players and some of your more experienced ones, that's where, in my opinion, that's where you become a, a solid team. And if if the coach can figure out how to drop a bombing and not cause a big row in the squad. Um, I think it wouldn't cause one with me. <laughs> I think that you guys would be better off for it. Uh, you'd, however, you, you just paid him huge bucks to stay. Yep. So mm-hmm. it, that's a hard argument to drop him, but at some point he has to be dropped. Um, so you can fit the the Pepe on the right, the Saka on the left, Smith Rowe through the middle, and Lacazette be your main man. I mean, that's that's a solid front four. Um, hard to beat. So in my opinion, youth is very, very important, right? especially if they're uh, academy grown. Uh, but you also need the balance between the the youth and the, the experience. So I, I think, in my opinion, from the outside looking in, Lacazette is someone you should be talking about just as much as Smith Rowe, just because of what he's done this year uh, already. Yeah, and I I absolutely love Lacazette. I love what he brings to this team, um, and he brings so much more than goals. Um, and he's the type of player that if he doesn't score a goal, he can still have a good match. Like he can still play well um, and his hold up play and his link up play and the way that he can bring everyone in um, is what the team needs. And um, he really does that very, very well. Uh, and, you know, it's something that I think people are quick to kind of, if, if Lacazette doesn't score goals, he's kind of gets a lot of slack. Um, and for some reason, Aubameyang kind of, you know, scoots by and he's been next to William. He's been our worst player for me, um, this season. Uh, he, his leadership qualities don't shine through to the outside, to my eyes, I guess. Um, he doesn't scream leadership to me. Uh, and the way his, like his body language and just kind of everything he's been doing this season is all of the things that Ozil has done. Um, you know, he doesn't seem like he's interested. He doesn't seem in uh, engaged in what's going on. Uh, when Tierney will have the ball, if Aubameyang's playing on the left, his immediate thing is to just turn and run. And that's the type of player that I, I don't enjoy watching. Um, Aubameyang is, and it was, very clear Lacazette came on in the second half of that injury or that extra time against Newcastle. And those 15 minutes were the best 15 minutes that we played because he was involved in everything. And we got Aubameyang way out wide. And it was basically like, we need you for PKs. So if we go there, you're going to take a PK, but you know, you don't need to be involved right now. Go play out left and maybe keep somebody occupied. And Lacazette, his hustle for that goal, that header to, to Smith Rowe, it looked like he had no business winning that. Um, he didn't look too coordinated when he did, but he did win it. Um, he did play it on. And, you know, those are things that – those little things that Lacazette does just make us so much better. Um, so – So you're saying you know, that just, he – that your coach has found – or Ted has found a spot for someone to not play defense? 
Yeah, I'm, and yep, yeah, and make a lot of money too at it. I think so too. <laughs> I think he's he's found that. There and is it's a unfortunate spot on because because I like I liked Aubameyang. I think he's a very good goal scorer um, when he is in the right spot and the ball is put on his foot. Um, I don't think he's someone who's going to go get it. Uh, he's someone who kind of finds little spaces in front of goal, and if it gets to him, he's going to put it in the back of the goal, and and that's an that's a very good skill to have. And it's something that's important because goals win games. And I get that. But as a midfielder, when I played, the game is so much more important. The little moments are important. And I don't think Aubameyang wants to have those little moments. He seems like someone who could have a miserable 89 minutes and score a goal. And then he would tell everyone he had a great game. And that's the forward thinking that doesn't work with me um and he's uh i really feel like he's going to be ozil 2.0 in a year and a half when we can't get rid of him he's old and he's holding our team back yeah we're, we're hoping that doesn't happen um, yeah i would love to be wrong too i would love for him to turn it around and and bang in his 20 goals this season and do that but he needs to score 17 in the next 19 games to do that which isn't impossible, but it's unlikely the way that he's been playing recently. But, you know, the idea for him to play that the FA Cup game was for him to get on the score sheet in the run of play, which he ended up getting, but it took about 118 minutes to get there. And it was basically a tap in with an open goal. But the fact is he did score from open play for the first time in a very long time. And hopefully that kind of kickstarts it into the Premier League. Um, and it, with Martinelli going down, I mean, that would have been a good problem to have, you know, the way that Martinelli has been playing, he's probably earned on the run of play that spot over Aubameyang. And yep. he had a good time or a run in there because he was, or Aubameyang was hurt or sick or whatever was going on there. He wasn't being put in the lineup, which kind of gave Martinelli a free free run there. But he needs to take that into the, the Premier League and start scoring goals, like you said. And uh, to touch on Lacazette, I think like, him and the, the, the team – game overall has just been simplified by Arteta in the last few weeks. They're not, it, it just seems less confusing in terms of the system that they're playing where they're not shifting in and out of multiple systems throughout the game. Um, and with Lacazette, he's not playing multiple positions. I mean, you put him up top, you play to his strengths. He's not playing a nine and a half where he's dropping deep, winning the ball and then expected to be that first guy in the box. Like he just doesn't have that engine. We've talked about that on the podcast before. He he just he needs to be in the area to get on the end of things. And what he does really well is hold the ball up and, and link up with the players that he's facing. And that's what he's done the last few games with Saka and Smith Rowe. Had two very, very good goals coming out of those three combining together. So I think they just he's simplified things and played to the strengths of the people that are on the field instead of trying to be too clever and smart. Um, which has gotten us into trouble at times in, in recent weeks. And yeah, you could say it was just West Brom and just Newcastle, but we haven't been beating the teams at the bottom of the table. Mm -hmm. this year. Like we haven't been beating teams that we should be beating, which is I'll take a four nothing win against just West Brom any day of the week, because that means that we are growing and progressing through the season. So. Yeah. Um, you can't, you can't dismiss those type of games because those are the ones that you need to get to top four and, and if you look at your last four games, you've given up one goal. One goal in four games. I mean, that's hard to lose when you do that. So mm -hmm. you, you guys have been talking about your, your offensive, um, you know, attack, you know, who's playing up top and who's the best people to play up there. But your back's been solid. I mean, Leno, again, has come up huge in, in these games. Um, yeah, he's the reason that, we're through. He's the reason yeah. we're through in the FA Cup. I mean, defense wins championships. It's it's very cliche, and you're seeing that more and more of this Premier League season that, that teams are foregoing the attack a bit more and and okay with the other teams having the ball. We talked about it a bit before uh, before we started recording here, and you just got – there's very few teams left in the in the league that are – expected to have the ball and want to have the ball a lot of teams are now ready to just hit on the counter and the teams that are the most solid in the back are going to win that's that's what it's coming down to yeah, I mean, you mentioned simplifying things a little bit i mean you got pablo Murray in the back who is just 
a solid, simple defender. Like he's going to win a tackle and get rid of the ball. He's not going to like have a nightmare scenario sometimes that um, David Luiz has. He's not going to pull Mustafi's left and right. Like he's just a simple guy doing a simple thing in the back, playing very safe. He wins the ball. He plays it back to Burn Leno or he connects the pass. Like he's just very calm, collected, and and simple-minded. It's it's fantastic, and I think that's a big reason why we've been doing so well defensively with him and holding back there. Yeah, he's been a nice uh, a nice piece since you know, Gabriel went got COVID and you know he was out. I was nervous because. He's been our best defender, um, our most solid defender, and you know, no nonsense defender that we've been screaming for. Um, and Pablo Mari has, has come in and he hasn't put a foot wrong. And you know, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. Like, I don't know if Gabriel walks back into the team. Um, where, you know, three weeks ago, I think he did. Uh, but now, if Gabriel comes in, we have a very good defender. If he has to earn his spot back, Pablo Mari has played well and has done nothing to not play anymore. Um, so we now have very serviceable defenders that we didn't have before. And, you know, Pablo Marie, that signing was weird when it happened, but now, you know, it doesn't hurt to have center backs that are capable of playing. And we haven't had that in a very long time. You know, we've had to go with Mustafi and Socrates and, and David Luis, and those were our three kind of main defenders and you never know what's going to happen with those three. We're now holding Marie, Gabrielle, you kind of know what they offer. Um, and it kind of gives you a little bit more assurance that our center backs are not going to be the cause of most of our goals where previously they were. And yeah. that's good problems for us. Hopefully they can continue and, and fight with each other to get that spot because the competition at position is, makes the teams better. Yeah, like I said, it's a good problem to have similar to like Martinelli and Aubameyang. Like in the back, it's good to have that problem where we don't know if Gabriel's just going to walk back in because we have two competent defenders there at this point now. Um, and like the, the, <clears throat> the way I look at it in terms of Marie is like he's doing exactly what we pretty much bought him for is to be a solid, competent backup. So Gabriel is our number one center back. He goes down, we have a left-footed center back to step in and play well and continue the, the level of play at that point. So I think he's doing exactly what we bought him for, and it's going really well. He looks like a really good signing now, as opposed to when he first started, he came back and basically got injured immediately. So it was just unfortunate, and he's getting his legs underneath him. He's, really, he's playing really well, and he's a leader back there. I mean, he's in his upper to mid-20s, and he's doing his job, and he's he's earning a spot at this point. So again, it's a good problem to have and hopefully it's a, a good thing, good problem that we have moving forward. And now we just have to get rid of a couple more center backs and drop the number down from eight to maybe four or five, you know, yep. and then the squad out. But we'll talk about that more in the, the transfer side. Um, anything else on Arsenal? Uh, I mean, well, I can touch on my, on my root beer for the day. Yeah, I went uh, with the balls root beer. Um, it's got a high, you might want to spell that out here for uh, our B A W L S ratings. It's B A W L S. Um, the best thing about it uh, is that it's not Virgil's. Thankfully, I don't have to drink that anymore for a little while. But uh, this root beer is very good. It's got a, it's got higher ca- uh, caffeine than than normal. Kind of reminded me of a little uh, Smith Rowe kind of injecting a little energy into the team and having things go forward. But it's a good root beer. Um, and it's I would good to be uh, drinking at 9:40 at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, it's a school night. Come on. It is a school night. I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be all right. But uh, yeah, it's uh, balls. Balls. B a w l s. Balls root beer. Okay. Um, just want to make sure. yeah, we've had no swears on this episode, so our rating should still be good. Oh, Liverpool's to... coming up, right, Jeff? Plenty <laughs> <laughs> uh, time for negative talk. So. Um, yeah, so I, with that, we'll switch over to Liverpool. Um, you know, not as bright of a start to the new year as Arsenal, but I mean, they are still second in the league, um, and they are still miles ahead of where we are as a club. But we got to take our shots when we can when we get them in there. So. 
Um, Liverpool have not technically won in the in the Premier League in the last couple of rounds. They've tied what three times, and then they got past Aston Villa in the FA Cup. So, um, but they are still in second, um, and they have an opportunity to go join top after the weekend when they see Man United. So, Jeff, why don't you run us through their form a little bit? Um, so they played was it West Brom, Newcastle, and Southampton. Um, and then they got past, like I said, Aston Villa in the FA Cup. So what are your thoughts on the, the run there? Because they, they, they tied twice and lost to Southampton. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, so overall, I think they've scored, what, two, one goal uh, during the three stretch. And, and the biggest thing that we need to talk about with Liverpool right now is that teams are figuring it out that all you got to do is sit back and put 10, 10 field players behind the ball. And you just need one goal. To, you got to put in your one chance, your one corner, your one free kick, uh, and and that's been enough. And so it started with Big Sam at West Brom. Um, they sat back. They, they defended with every last ounce of energy that they had. And they, you know, we got an early goal, I believe, and, and then kind of took our foot off the gas. It was, it was tough. So, um, I didn't, I didn't like the performances over the last few games hasn't been good, but I think part of it in my mind is that they're, they're just, these teams are sitting back and not trying to play soccer, play football. Sorry. Um, But the other part is that we were winning those games last year. Mm -hmm. Teams were still sitting back on us last year and we were winning them. We were finding ways to, to get enough goals to win. So what has changed? And, and as I was watching these games, there's a ton of side-to-side, slow, methodical, safe football going on. And there's no chances going. Uh, I know a lot of the times, like uh, the Bayern game kind of um, – no, not it was not Bayern. It was Napoli last year in Champions League. They were just sitting back, sitting back, and we were just popping the ball over the top, left and right, and, and just causing issues. We were figuring out how to beat them. With these, with these last few Premier League games, we were just passing side to side, very boring, very slow, and it was so easy to defend. So uh, the Aston Villa game, you can kind of throw out. It was, you know, it was against the 20, you like 18 team or something like that. So you really can't judge it. Their, their performance based on that game, they did leave it till about the 60th minute to really make it comfortable. Um, but... It's more like four goals in four minutes, something like that, though. So. Yeah, they do have that ability, and and the guy and the kids were defending like crazy. So, it, it they have the ability. I mean, they have. It's not like anything's changed. No one's left. You still got Salah who can score goals left and right. Mane who just hasn't been firing this year yet. Firmino's starting to turn it on, but kind of had another dip as the team dipped. But what I'm excited about is we got Thiago coming back. I mean, as soon as that guy comes on the field, you just see intent and mm. purpose going forward. And so I think he is going to be a, a good key to unlock these these buses that are, we've been dealing with. Ox is back. Um, I think he's another positive player that Klopp has gotten um, good production out of. Uh, Curtis Jones is another one who decides to go forward more than back. Uh, Henderson really has been kind of guilty of that boring play. And I know that's kind of his task, but at some time someone needs to inject some energy going forward. So we need that Ozil on our team at this point. And yeah, I mean, I he's think, available if you want him. I mean, <laughs> you can have him. Yes. I, hear, I hear 20 million is all it takes. No, um, I, I, we'll give him 15. Um, but that's, that's what I'm looking forward to with Manchester United. They, they are, they're coming up and they're obviously at the top of the table. Now they are a good counterattacking team. They don't do as well uh, with the ball as we talked about, not many teams left in the league that do. So Liverpool is going to be tasked with breaking them down, but then really being solid when they lose the ball. Um, so it should be interesting since we have had injuries. Uh, be interesting to see the lineup, especially center back. Um, but we got a big tough test ahead of us on Sunday. So kind of talking, touch, touching on the, uh, like their form recently. I mean, 
do is it like fatigue is it like running out of ideas like you said on like how to break down buses that get parked in front of you guys because like you said I mean they were finding ways to get around that last season whether it was you know luck or they're just figuring it out and, and playing to the, the peak of their ability I mean is it fatigue is it something else I mean when they played Southampton it was I think I saw it right it was Liverpool's like 28th game this season and it was only like Southampton's 17th game so they've obviously played a lot more games than the um, their opponents at this point especially on like the middle to the bottom half of the table and also you saw a, an astonishing stat with um your your right back I'm blanking on his name Trent losing the ball uh, like 39 he, times. He turned the ball over 32 times. Like that's <laughs> insane for someone that good. I also saw a stat that they were, they took a page out of Arsenal's book and they threw in like 30 plus crosses, which is not something that they necessarily do. But when they do put in crosses, they put them in from dangerous areas and they're just kind of throwing the ball into the box. I mean, are they running out of ideas or is it just come down to fatigue and they're just kind of, trying to get their legs back underneath them, you know? I don't think that there's one answer. I think that it's, I don't want to put it on fatigue. Um, these guys are professionals. Klopp has rotated them okay. Um, they've had a week off from the, the Aston Villa game to this Sunday, nine days. They had four days before that and like seven days before that. I don't know if it's fatigue, but I do know Trent did get COVID um, preseason and, you know, he hasn't been his world-class, you know, first 11 in the world as he, as he has been. Um, you could definitely see a dip in form with him. So maybe COVID has been affecting him more than you might want to admit. Um, with the crosses, every team has been throwing in at least three center backs, if not four. Um, so those crosses have been less effective, obviously. So I think that just we're not getting into the danger areas like we were. Like I mentioned with the Napoli game, we were putting these beautiful balls in behind. We were getting in behind and, and causing them problems. Uh, we're not finding that space in behind that, that slipping that ball in behind the center backs. We're just not find, being decisive in the final third, making that last pass behind the defenders to really unlock the the defense. So I guess you could put that up to slow, you know, a little fatigue of mind, but to me, it almost looks like they're being too cautious. Um, like the coaches kind of put the, the reins on them a little bit and said, Hey, let's try to control the game a little bit more. We don't need to play our high tempo. Um, and let's be patient and wait for opportunity instead of taking that chance in behind and taking that chance over the top and, and really kind of pressing the other team in their final third. Um, so I, I'd put it more to that, if I had to guess. Uh, it's hard to tell when you're not in the lo locker room and you're just watching from the, from the, the, the TV. It's, it's hard to tell when fatigue really comes in, you know, from these professionals. I know when I'm tired. Guys, you guys have seen me play. Yeah, um, I've, I've been tired my whole life. So, <laughs> right. It's easy to tell when you're the one playing, but when you just see these professionals who run for a living, you know, when, when does it sink so far into their bones that they can't perform to the top of their abilities? I don't know. <laughs> my expertise on that is, is way far off. So uh, I'll defer to you, Mike. I think you've had some of the most college experience out of all of us. Um, I mean, from personal experience, it might just be like a funk. I would hit a funk maybe every like nine months, nine, 10 months where like I was the worst player on the face of the earth. And then I would have to like take a break for like a week. So maybe they're just kind of hitting a point where, I mean, they're just in a rut a little bit. And, but even with their like quote unquote rut, if they are going through like a dip right now, they're still getting a point. You know, they're tying. Oh, we would love this rut. Man, we would kill <laughs> for a rut like this. <laughs> Our rut is like we don't win games for a long yeah. time at a time you guys are at least getting points on the board yeah you you took two points from nine and that's a rut you took two <laughs> points from 27 and we're but um i know we give van dyke a hard time and everything but i remember watching him last year and whenever he had the ball there were Mane was making runs salah's making runs and he's playing the ball into those corners and you know is that stuff happening anymore um, no 
No. And do you do you think it's? I know your your center backs have been non-existent, hurt, you know, all over the place, and um, and a typical center back uh, is not looking to play those long balls into those spots. Um, but are the players making those runs? Is Salah making those runs? Is Mane are they making those runs to to even warrant? you know, being mad at the defenders not playing that ball or the center mids playing that ball. And, you know, are they just kind of checking back too much? And, and yeah. like you said, not taking that risk because I remember watching Liverpool last year and when anyone ever had the ball, if there was a little bit of space, they were running in behind and they were, you know, they were never afraid to play, you know, route one football and, and just stretch the field and, and see what happens. And, you know, that's something that, was crucial to Liverpool's success last year was. Yeah, absolutely. They almost came to be like a, a long ball team at times. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a good point. Cause Nat Phillips, he does not play with the ball at his feet. Um, Williams in the back, the, the youngster Reese Williams, he is playing every pass safely. Um, Joel Matip would is more likely to dribble the ball forward than play the ball over the top. And um, Fabinho is the only one that might look down the field. So yeah, there's definitely that let's play the short pass compared to that ball over the top. And I miss that at times because it does stretch defenders. It does keep the, the defenders honest. They, they have, they can't cheat forward as much because then you have too much space behind. Um, I see Salam never making those runs unless Allison has the ball and Mane looks to make those runs more often, but still, not nearly enough. So there, there is a lot of this safe passing going on and it just allows these defenders to be in a good spot, save their energy throughout the game because they're not chasing the ball towards their goal. They're not running backwards. Uh, they're not sprinting to, to cover the space behind. So I, I think that is a big part. And, and even if it's just the through balls that are being played. So I, I'm, I'm very, there's been a lot of talk on, um, you know, players being brought in at, 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 uh, at the January transfer, and I just don't see it happening. And I know that. So before we move on to the transfer business, I, I saw this beer and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. So this beer is called Tilt-A-Whirl. This is about the most appropriate beer of, I, I could think of for this particular season because you've had City who – couldn't do anything right at the beginning of the season. Now they're set to, I think, be second place if they win their game in hand. You got Man United, who is the team that's most on form at the top of the table. Liverpool started out strong and have dipped. Arsenal had a big dip and now are one of the hottest teams. Um, you got, um, who is it, the Blades at the bottom of the table who just won their first game. I mean, this is a crazy season, and we talked about it on in other pods. Uh, we're, we got to embrace the craziness of this season. Um, yep. It's it continues to to be a crazy season, and and it's put us all in a tilt whirl. So that's my beer. Uh, it's from Saint Errant Brewing, and it's a triple IPA. It was a bit more than I expected for an IPA. Um, since I've mentioned before, it's a stout season and completely different type of beers. So my taste buds got a little kick in the teeth, Um, but that's my, what Liverpool needs in order to, to get back to their winning ways. So. Yeah. I I think, you know, I think, you know, talking about those center backs playing those balls and we give David Luis so much, you know, crap on this because of the mistakes that he does make. But one thing that he, nobody no arsenal player can really complain about is his willingness to pick a pass um and take a risk is something that you know keeps the other team on their toes and you know playing balls over the top constantly and making those center backs run and making those fullbacks run um you know tires them out and that you know they're prone to make a mistake in the 80th minute and that's kind of you know when i pictured liverpool's success last year was you know if they weren't scoring they were tiring those defenders out and then you know at the end of the end of the match they're just keep running at them and running at them and they make it make a mistake and there you go and there's your win and you know that's just not happening at the moment but um 
hopefully for you guys that it it can get figured out and figured out to be successful because you know when we say they took a page out of Arsenal's book and they put in 30 something crosses 30 something crosses from Robertson and Trent are a little bit different than um Bellerin and William so it's uh <laughs> Bellerin and William we might as well just hand the ball to the goalie and go and you know Trent and and Robertson those crosses are you know they could put them right on the six and right on someone's head so you know it's just not happening right now but I think the potential yeah. for that to get fixed is is right there and I think if it does then you guys will be cruising again yeah like Mike said they're they're it's natural to have dip in form um Liverpool, Liverpool had it last year. They just did enough to win those games that they were in dip of form. Um, this year, not so much. So they just got to figure it out. And in Klopp, we trust at this point, he's going to figure it out. And and as you guys kind of showed, a big win against a big six team, you know, three one against Chelsea has kind of been a catalyst so far. So. Um, Seeing how it plays out on Sunday against Man U, one of our biggest rivals, top of the table clash. This could be a turning point saying, hey, let's let's get this go five gears forward again instead of, you know, a couple gears back. So it could be a turning point for us on Sunday for for better. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Put um, Mane and Salah on the right and just run at Luke Shaw. <laughs> You'll win. You'll win like six nothing. Just run at Luke Shaw. He's, Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire over there, right? Isn't he their <laughs> left center back? That's a... Oh, you'll get penalty after penalty with those two. <laughs> well, just just have Pogba be just jogging back a little bit and, and just <laughs> stick out his leg, and boom, it's it's a penalty right there. Just watch out for uh, you know the Fernandez on the other side. He loves a good <laughs> penalty too. And it's it's menu, so they'll definitely get a penalty. Yeah, at least one. And then one, there'll be at least one goal ruled out um, or ruled in. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say who it's for because I'll be <laughs> accused of bias. So, I mean, you have all the, the, the injury crisis at Liverpool. You've got, you know, some youngsters kind of filling in some spots. Are you guys going after anyone in the, in the January window? Are you looking to fill gaps at this point? Or are you guys just going to, kind of maintain the course and just get players healthy what's uh, what's Liverpool's plan of action at this point yeah from everything that I've seen it looks like there will be no major business um been wrong before but um when Van Dyke's been making good progress it looks like he's going to come back ahead of schedule he'll still play this year I, I've not heard much about uh Gomez but uh Matip's set to be a contender for Sunday against Man U, which he's been solid when he's healthy. Problem is he's not always healthy. Um, Fabinho has been really, really solid back there from a defensive standpoint. We have not let in many goals, right? We have not been winning a ton of games, but we have not been letting in uh, many goals at all. I think what we've one, two, three, one goal per game tops in the last seven games, eight games. Um, so we've been solid defensively. I don't see that being the issue. And so I don't see Liverpool going out and buying a big signing. Although I'd love Upum, Upa, Upamecano. <laughs> you got to figure it out. I'm like, I, I, think we missed, player. I think we missed a big opportunity last year. Oh yeah. We needed to just throw everything at him because now he's just too big and yeah, we just can't compete with that stuff because yeah, you know, no if, yeah, it's like he seems like everyone wants him, and you know, him and a rejuvenated Van Dyke is uh something you wouldn't want to mess with. <laughs> That's dangerous. Um, but even though, like, you know, old man Van Dyke, but I think Uva Mancano would cover for him. Yeah, I saw that too, and I was like, oh man, that seems like a yeah, I don't think yeah. anything will be happening in January. Everything's too expensive, and with yeah. COVID, uh, I don't see anything big happening. Maybe something for the future, um, but nothing big. I, I think they continue the course and continue to be solid in the back, which they have been, but just figure it out in front of goal. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, they like they don't need a lot at this point. I think they just got to find their form again. I mean, as far as transfer business, I don't think there's much they really need to do. I don't see anything going in or out really for for them. But um, I just I'm just hoping they they put it to Man U on the weekend and, and give them a put them down a peg or two, put them back where they belong, lower down the table. Uh, fingers crossed. But one thing I got to say is that. For some reason, Liverpool are are highly linked with Socrates at this point. Take him. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a, a good player. He's a good, good player. Instantly right into your lineup. I, I really just hope that this is silly, part of silly season and um, nothing I would comes be, to fruition. I'd be so sad if he left. I'd be so sad. I think it's just like personal reasons why he's not playing. It has nothing to do with the level of quality. No, definitely not. <laughs> right, not his age either. Thirty-two no. year old. <laughs> that we call that experience around our parts. <laughs> he's experienced. G- great locker room guy. <laughs> yeah. I personally don't see a ton of transfer business going on in the Premier League in general. Um, it's just with this, with COVID going on, and it just seems far fetched that any big signings are 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 happening, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, January in general is not the most active window. There's maybe one or two signings that happen that are are big. Like Fernandez was a January signing last year. He was a massive pickup for Man United. I mean, he changed their, the course of their whole season last year. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I think Aubameyang was even a January signing. Um, there have been some big ones, but I mean, like you said, this season, I don't think anything major is going to happen. Um, Joe, have you heard anything as far as guys coming in with Arsenal? I know we've gotten rid of a couple. Um, class matches out. Uh, we are working on getting Ozil out. Um, there's some weird things going on there that they might be looking to terminate his contract to force that move. Yeah. Um, uh, Saliba, he went out on loan uh, to Nice. Uh, I've seen uh, Buendia, I think, from Norwich uh, coming that's, in. That's an interesting one. We're like pretty heavily linked with him. I don't think that's going to go through. He's one, too expensive at this point, and two, Norwich is in the middle of a promotion battle. I don't see them giving up their best player. Sure. In January for that. Yeah, and I think that's the stuff I've been reading too. I think at one point I saw like uh, Reese Nelson or Joe Willock and some money for him. Um, and uh, like I, I like the idea of Willock and Nelson, but they're just they're just not doing it. They're just not producing, and I think they need. I think they just need to go on loan and figure it out and hopefully they can go and play well and come back to Arsenal and play well or go and play well. And then we sell them on and, you know, we get 20 million for them or him, those two and, and Kedia, like, I think there needs to be more going out. And um, I like that Saliba went out on loan. And I like that we're looking to get these players out on loan because for so long, this club has kind of kept these players in and gave given them bit part roles and nothing's really happened. And then all of a sudden who used to be these youth players are now 23, 24 and don't really have anything to offer us. And then their value is extremely low. Um, right now, when Enkedia comes in, he doesn't offer us much. And, you know, where he still has a high enough value that, you know, we could get 25 for him. We could get 20, 25 for him and use that to help the club um, because we still have Aubameyang for three years. Um, we still have Lacazette for this year and next year um, where we could service that. We could we could figure that out. And, you know, it's just uh, some players need to go still. Right, but one thing to keep an eye on as well is your English players. Um, as Brexit is now official, uh, the how does that affect the the squads and how many English players they're going to need? So Nketiah would be gone. He's English. We're talking about Willick, he's English. Um, Maitland Niles hasn't been getting the time, and you know would he move on? But they you did just come in here talking talking sense, Jeff. This is. <laughs> This is the January transfer window. 
We don't talk sense. Get them all out of here. And we're bringing in all foreign players. And we'll figure it out. We don't mind unregistering uh, other players. His extension. Yeah, we don't mind not registering players, senior players, and just paying them. That's that's the that's the Arsenal way. That that's the smart way to go about things. Yeah, Jeff. you don't get rid of them. You just let them practice. Practice? Yeah, we're talking about practice. <laughs> we need to have good practices to have good performances on the pitch. William William must be the best practice player in the world because he keeps getting game time. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, but I I've seen a lot of momentum picking up with Ozil, um, with Fenerbahce now or uh, coming to MLS in the summer with DC United as a possibility too. Um, but either way, he's either gone now or he's gone in six months. So I think that's just kind of the ship that we're on. Um, I don't, I haven't seen anything with Socrates. So he's, you know, if he wants to go to Liverpool now, that'd be great. Um, otherwise, you know, he's gone in the summer. Um, Mustafi's gone in the summer. You know, like those players are just, they're currently eating up the wages that are available and, you know, they'll be off the books in six months and then we can really start to make a push and, and do those things. But right now it's hard to give those players away. Like we're lucky Schalke needed Kolasinac so bad and, you know, wanted him so bad that he could go. Cause he seems like a player who would just be okay. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all right. We'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know what's coming in, if anything, which is unfortunate. Cause I think, I think the club needs a little spark and uh, we'll hopefully it comes and something, there's some sort of surprise, but. Yeah. Uh, like, I think there's going to be more outgoings than ingoing incomings in this transfer window. And I, I think we need to do that because our squad is just so bloated. We, I mean, we can't even put everyone on a 25 person roster that we have to leave players out. So I think the main goal is to get players out the door, whether that's selling or loaning. Um, I think um, Reese Nelson needs to go on loan. Like I really like Reese Nelson, but I mean, if he's not playing, he's obviously not too high up on Arteta's list. So, I mean, he just needs game time. Same with Willick. Uh, I mean, you look at Smith Rowe went on loan to Huddersfield and he played a full season in the championship starting playing a lot. Of, and that's done a lot of good for him, especially coming back and having the, um, the, the quality and input that he's been having the last few games. So I think it's beneficial. You know, I think we need to be better in the loan market, especially with our younger players. Um, and that's going to take a page out of Chelsea's book and loan out, you know, 500 players from our youth Academy and hopefully they'll come good in, in our first team. But I, I don't see a big person coming in. I mean, it'll be iffy. I don't know. It just doesn't seem irresponsible if we're going to buy a player for big money. It's got to be the right age range, right profile player that we need and that we can maybe sell on. But And with Maitland Niles, like, what are we doing with that guy? Like, if we don't sell him in the summer to Wolves who had a legit offer, maybe we didn't offer enough for, like you said, an English player, but – we're not going to use him why why not why keep him he's a, he's a talented player he, he can play a, a role especially in, in the back or the wing back or a fullback like he could do a job it's just weird that take a take a page out of liverpool book and and sign and sell these guys but with a buyback clause you know that, it's a glorified loan deal that would be the best thing to do and i i think the biggest thing coming out of this january transfer window is what's going to happen with Balogun. um he is kind of putting up a, a stink a little bit in terms of like wanting playing time as like a 17 year old kid. Um, it's going to be interesting because I think there's rumors that he has like a pre-contract signed with um, for next season already with a champions league side, which isn't good for us. If we lose out on another talented young player and he ends up being huge, it's going to make us look even worse than we already do in that, in that regard. But I mean, at the same time, if he's, demanding playing time as a 17 year old academy player like there's no reason for us to give into that right in any way, shape or form um but at least show him that he may, he may have a career path you know so we put him on the bench put him in the squad let him like if we're up for nothing against west brown bring him on instead of Enkedia. we know what Enkedia brings i'd rather see balgan get some game time a little bit here and there but 
the other interesting thing is that he's got the same agent as Nketia and Saka and these other academy players from, from Arsenal. So I think I've, I've heard some things also that the agent is holding things up and being difficult to, to get the deal done. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to represent two players that play in the same position for the same club with Nketiah and Balogun. Like if you favor one, then the other one has to go. You know what I mean? So um, there's rumors that Nketiah has an offer from West Ham. You know, like if we get a good enough offer for him, I'd say let him go. But I don't know. It, it's just an interesting situation to see how it's going to develop in the next. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of, you know, players demanding minutes um, and, yeah. you know, more power to them if they, they, but the club doesn't need to be held ransom to that. Um, you can't force this kid in. Um, he's got to earn it. He hasn't get, really been given a chance. He's been tearing up the U23s, but, you know, if, if he's a lot of fear of is him becoming the new you know, Serge Nabry and, and going somewhere and just tearing it up. And then we look like idiots. Yeah. Um, but it's a, you know, the kid needs a chance and you give him a chance. But then if right now, if you give him a chance, it's just putting him in the spotlight and more teams are going to come after him. But I've also kind of heard that he wants to be at Arsenal. He likes Arsenal. He wants to stay. Um, but, you know, for his career, he wants to play too. So it's just kind of that, again, Arsenal leaving themselves in a really terrible spot um, and letting these contracts run down um, is causing a lot of problems. And, you know, I was seeing like the amount of players that we have lost on freeze, free contracts is just Insane. shocking. Um, and that you don't see that at other big clubs with players in their late twenties, you know, really hitting the prime, letting their contracts run down because you, you wait too long and we would be in the same, we were in the same situation with Aubameyang and, you know, you can't let these contracts run down where it's nice to see that they signed holding to a new long-term deal. Even if he's not the world's greatest defender, you know, he signed until 2024. So if he, if we do end up, you know, selling him, he's still, we still hold all the cards in the, for the most part. And we, we haven't had that happen in a while. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they sign Balogun and, and can get him some times and he plays well, you know, and then that can ease Inkedia kind of going and, and seeing, cause Balogun can be the new up and coming Inkedia like he was. So, yeah. I mean, Inkedia is still young. He needs to go out on loan and get some some real minutes and see if he can cut it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, it would be great to be able to play these kids in the uh, the cup games as well. Um, but unfortunately, the Carabao Cup is coming to an end. We got what City and Tottenham in the final. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's coming up here shortly. And then FA Cup, the fourth round, you guys are still awaiting your We got opponent. Southampton, I believe. They did? Well, it's either Southampton or... played yet, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they still got to play. So probably Southampton, but um, still yeah. up in the air. We would get a Premier League side in the fourth round while other... You know, I know you guys got me in United, but... Um... Shrewsbury Town's the other one. Yeah. Like just hey, stranger things have happened. True. Yeah, you never know. Um, there's not a ton of mouth-watering matchups uh, so far. In the, the next round, you got Leicester-Brentford. Brentford is you know fun team to watch in the championship, so that should be a good game. Um, otherwise, that's about it. Yeah, yeah guys. That's a mouth-watering matchup. Right. liverpool menu is obviously the, the headliner. Um, maybe Southampton Arsenal, a little London Derby. Otherwise, you know, we're going to have to wait until the next round for something else. So we'll see. That's coming up uh, end of January, beginning of February-ish. Uh, Liverpool get to play Manchester United seven days, six days mm -hmm. after the league. Yeah. <clears throat> and both of them are at Old, at, at Old Trafford. So it should be tough. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the league game is at Anfield, so that's mm-hmm. that's positive. So if we if we have to forfeit the FA Cup to beat them at home, I might take that. We'll see. Eh, no, f that. We we want to beat them every time. There you go. There's the attitude. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> that's the that's the Arsenal rubbing off on your job. <laughs> uh, we have to pick one of them. Over this one. We can't literally can't win them all, so you know we'll pick them. Uh, we're Liverpool. We 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 should be able to beat them both both times. So. Uh. <laughs> um, speaking of winning, how's our pickums doing? I had a good week last week. Uh, I think my best week all year. I am no longer a hundred points back of second place. Um, but our, uh, our fantasy league is, is uh, competitive, tight, which is good. Yeah. The two point difference at the top. And then um, Mike, not too far behind. You yeah. know, and any of these weeks you see, you know, any of these teams that just explode can, can bring anyone back into the fold here. <clears throat> But COVID yeah, has definitely put a damper on some of on my definitely, sure. definitely. But I guess we're all hit by that same, <clears throat> same uh, COVID. But we shall see. It's uh, it's getting close, so it's definitely a, a very competitive um, fantasy league. And then the the pick'em, you guys still have a little bit of work to do to catch up, um, but anything can happen at this point yep there's, anything can happen there's literally no way to catch you at this point you're too far ahead where you would have to choose wrong i don't agree with that statement mike well, you can't do anything you can't even expect to get anywhere close when you get zero points last week that, or this week <laughs> i no i'm three for three so again this is the thing like i don't think i'm i'm either like not logged in but my picks are there i'm just looking at week 18 you get zero points i'm the only um, one who picked sheffield I'm the only one to pick Sheffield to win. Yeah. Joe had a good week last week. Um, but, yeah, I'll see if I can start dropping some more points for you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you don't – hey, you play your game. We're coming. We're coming. <laughs> We're coming. So, yeah, it's uh, – I like this way better than the way we did it last year. So, um, you know, it's a good – it's fun. It's a good fun competition, and you know we're. Uh, the Arsenal winning tomorrow. I'm assuming. Uh, is the sky blue? <laughs> I want Palace and pick them. I don't know. <laughs> not, not lately. Lately, it's been it's, pretty uh, gray. It's 2021, Jeff. We Arsenal are going invincible for the rest of the year. <laughs> you guys hear it first. Until we lose, invincible. 2021. About as likely as a, a pandemic shutting down the world. As long as uh, Smith Rowe and Saka are playing and Lacazette are playing, we have every chance. If you just curse them. If uh, if for some reason the uh, William is playing, you know, Palace has every chance in the world. So it's uh Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the starting lineup is. Like yeah. that'll be that'll tell a lot. Because the only real injury is uh, Martinelli, right? I think Party's kind of back available. Um, yeah, hopefully I wouldn't don't rush I, him back this. Yeah, I really hope again. he doesn't. I really, really hope he doesn't play to he start. In the second yeah. half, let him get some some running but, around. Uh, um, Gabriel is back in training, and I think he might be available for tomorrow. He'd be another one who would be great to be on the bench. Um, and just kind of ease back in if he's available. And then we kind of go from there. I think, I think we're past the point of desperation and throwing these players in. So, um, you know, Arteta is going to have some, some problems coming up with the lineup and, and having to do uh, what he needs to do, but it's good problem. What a difference us. three yeah. weeks can make, man. Yeah. And they <laughs> the say winning has changed. Yeah. Winning <laughs> solves everything. Um, but you know, we're in a better spot than we were before Christmas. So, yeah. So, Joe, uh, Crystal Palace score. Uh, two nothing Arsenal. I'm gonna say three one. I don't know. Three two. I'm gonna go three two. I oh. bad memories with uh, Crystal Palace. 
Zaha's out there. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Jeff, uh, Man U Liverpool, what do you got? Uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Um, I think Man U are going to get one on the counter and um, actually counterattack gets uh, someone someone falls in the box, uh, probably Bruno Fernandez gets called um, against Liverpool VAR and um, we still Very win detailed, two to one. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> watch, just watch. <laughs> Bruno Fernandez, PK, they still lose two to one. Uh, well, hopefully that works out for you. Like I said, I hope Manu gets knocked down a peg. Uh, I think everyone out there is, is, is rooting for that. Um, but um, Jeff, what was the beer again you have? Tilt the World? Uh, it's St. Errant Brewing. It is Tilt the World. Because it is a crazy Tilt the World league. Shout out to them as well as uh, Balls Root Beer. Yep. Balls Root Beer. Say, say that without a giggle, Mike. Balls Root Beer. Okay. Yep. And then uh, similar, Bell's official. Uh, it was my choice this week. So shout out to those three beers. Um, quality picks all around. Joe's happy it's not Virgil's anymore. So uh, we're done. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think that's been the highlight of 2021. I don't have to drink Virgil's right now. How many more do you have? I think there's what well, I've done three on the pod. So we got three left. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go invincible, you don't have to drink anymore. Nope. Maybe I'll just drink one to reminisce in the old times. <laughs> <laughs> just remember where we came from, you know? Right. <laughs> just never forget. Always keep one in the fridge. Yeah. Gotta stay sweet. home. Gotta stay sweet home. is not as sweet without the sour. <laughs> Well, that seems like a good place to bring it to a close. Again, shout out to the beers this week. Um, good luck to Liverpool against Man United. Hopefully uh, Arsenal can continue this run of form. Um, we will get that mailbag episode out once we uh, have time to sift through all the questions. Um, just give us a little bit more time on that. Throw some more questions in the, in the mix. Yeah, we can always take more. Yep. There's no limit as to how many questions we can take. Our Twitter account has not been suspended, so we are good to go. Yeah, we are good to go. <laughs> uh, but like I said, we will be back next week. Um, get back into a the swing of things, a more consistent podcast with content that you guys out there just love and want. So um, the football is better. The beer is always good. So as always, next round is on us. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.